0: Not worth the time with Wade Taylor. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Not Worth the Time. Woo! We're ready to have a good fucking time, right? We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna riff a little bit, talk about how everybody's Sunday was. Everybody have a good Sunday, good weekend. Football's back, baby. It's back in full swing. Are you- I remember what it's like to be a, a football fan again because immediately was disappointed on college football day. Oh, Saturday was a brutal one. Ranked in the top 25, Iowa State, and then you get beat by Louisiana. Fuck. This is the second school in the top 25 ever in history they've beat. It had to be us. We had to be number two. Ooh, it was a tough pill to swallow. Tough, tough pill. So hopefully the Niners, when they go Monday Night Football, when you after you're done listening to this, just know I'm going to be very sad or very happy after Monday Night Football. And, you know, you can be like, wow, one of my favorite podcast hosts is super excited that hopefully maybe his team could get back to the Super Bowl this year and do better, you know. Or he's going to be really sad because now it's already off to a bad start and they got to dig their way out of a hole. It's going to be, ooh, I need the Niners to play well, man. I need that pick-me-up, man. <laughs> it's weird that I need sport. I never need sports for a pick me up, but I need them. To, I need it today. I need it. I hope everybody had a good Sunday. Though. I hope you're enjoying the hell out of your the football season being back. Hopefully, some people are having some some good old fashioned cookouts, getting re- got ready. You know, had had a tailgate style football game. You can't go to the football games. You just do it in your fucking driveway, man. It's the best. Your tailgate in your driveway is under completely underrated. Totally underrated. I remember when Manny Pacquiao fought um, Manny Pacquiao, not Manny Pacquiao. Well, I was thinking Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather, but it was the Floyd Mayweather versus uh, Conor McGregor. When that fight happened, uh, my stepdad had this whole new setup that he wanted to try and test out for the Iowa State tailgating, right? So, like, we had to go – uh, so he's like, we're going to do a practice tailgate. That's how dedicated to my family is the tailgating. We're like, we got to practice tailgating. So we set, we, we like, we did like a pit crew style setup, man. It was like, we timed it, figured out how long it would take us to set it up, set up the TV to have the fight out there. And then like half of our neighbor, that's the best part. Like once you do that, you're just sending a beacon out to your neighborhood, right? They're like, something's happening. So we had like our uh, the tailgate of the truck up. It's like a, it was an explorer, so it's like the the hatch open. Then you have a tent over that to make the canopy even bigger. Then you uh, have the TV in the back, set up the grill and stuff like that. And once you put all that stuff up, it's a beacon. You just have a all your neighbors like, what's going on over there? You're just putting up a giant flag, or just it might as well be a giant one of those giant lights that like car. Uh, Dealerships or like events used back in like they don't even use those back in the day. I feel like that's a very like '50s '60s thing that you used to see like in movies where it was like they had the big lights that some dude was tilting back and forth. We're gonna we're gonna attract the people. See, if we wave these lights around, people are gonna go, "What's that?" Apparently, people in the 1950s were just moths. <laughs> They just saw the lights, big flashing lights, moving back and forth. That somebody was going back, and they're like, "We must drive to it. The gas is only five cents a gallon, so fuck it. We'll drive an hour and a half to see what those lights are." That's how people, bored people were in the fifties, man. There's no TV. You only got the radio. You're like, "I'll drive six hours, I, I just to find out what that light is. It might be a UFO. We'll see if this UFO will kick into high gear for us, you know." But that's what—that's essentially what our tailgating for the conor mcgregor floyd mayweather fight was it was just a beacon and all our neighbors end up bringing over chairs and just like watching the like the fight like and we had a decent sized tv it's good enough for tailgating right it fits in the back of the truck it's big enough you can watch like college game day and stuff so we're watching it on that and i was drunk as a skunk that day. i think i fell asleep ha- in like the in the fourth round of that fight <laughs> i was so drunk i, I treated it like a Actual tailgate. When they said practice tailgate, I thought they meant practice drinking as well. Like I should get in a drinking shape. Apparently, I was completely wrong on that. I was supposed to pace myself. Oh well, what's the fun in that? If you're gonna tailgate at your house, I mean, you might as well go balls to the wall. Like I go, you go pretty hard when you tailgate anyway. But you can go extra hard if you're tailgating your house. You don't even have to worry about driving home. You're just gonna, you're gonna go walk in through the door and sleep in there. It's great tailgating at home it's the best i think we should do that's going to be a very popular thing this year during football season tailgating at home is gonna be the shit there's gonna be a lot more house party like esque watch parties and then you just watch all of college football all day like it's not even like you go for one game like i know you technically watch a lot of football when you're in the parking lot and stuff but it's great don't forget to bring a dish though that'll be the nice part is everybody brings a dish that's the best part about tailgating is all the dishes Although there are some weird ones. You really see those people who bring mac and cheese, but they put corn in the mac and cheese? What the fuck is that about? Who puts corn in mac and cheese? It makes no sense. Someone tried to tell me it's for the crunch, but... Dude, corn doesn't crunch that much. I guess it's that much of a difference. It's just weird. Because, and it's also camouflaged in there. So, like, if you're not paying attention and talking to somebody, yeah, it's going to be a good day today. Our quarterback's going to throw one in. You just scoop it in. Did two big old scoops. And you're just talking. Yeah, man, it's going to be. And you're to bite in. You don't, you don't notice it because mac and cheese is orangish yellow. Corn's yellow. It just blends in naturally. For all you know, it slipped. Like, a piece of corn slipped into one of the noodle tubes. You, you got corn. Corn stuff noodle tubes. You don't want to deal with corn stuff noodle tubes. That's my new favorite word. That's my new favorite phrase right there. Corn stuff noodle tubes. That is, that's an album. That's the name of like a Chumbawamba album. <laughs> corn stuff noodle tubes. That's, a, yeah, and then you bite into that. Boom. That's a giant surprise, man. By the way, corn stuff noodle tubes is the name of this fucking podcast. It is the name. Of this podcast, that is, uh, I don't care. It's, it's fun to say. You're gonna be saying it all day now. Corn stuffed noodle tubes. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. But yeah, it's always fun. The, the get-togethers will be good. And I guess it's what the only thing that sucks is like. Um, I know for like Iowa State games for like the people I know, the tailgating was cool because um, is it like where. Our School was it was like centralized for the whole state, so we go and come when people come from all over, it's a central place for everybody to meet. So we have friends and family and stuff who come from you know all over, and we could all see each other every year. So now it'll be a little difficult, I'm sure it won't. It's not like you get together every weekend, but uh, there definitely will be those parties definitely happening in the driveway, hanging out, social distancing, you know. But it'll be fun. Uh, you're gonna those uh, driveway tailgates. That's what's up, dude. Check those out. I've been going through all my clothing. Um, I do. I, I because of college football and uh, pro football starting back up. I had when I was. I'm packing away some clothes or getting rid of clothes. And uh, I wanted to make sure I had clothes to wear. Like like it's gonna make a difference. Like I'm going to the game, but I still wanted to wear an Iowa State hoodie. It's like, who gives a shit, man? Just put away what clothes you don't want, but. Uh, I realized I was packing away. I have, I started do buying like crew neck sweaters or even like the V neck, the small V neck sweaters. Cause, uh, I think those are fancier and they help step things up for me. You know, for some reason, cutting the hood off of his sweater makes you seem more of like a likable person. You know, but I still look like how I look. I have this long hair, so I got a beard or five o'clock shower all the time. Like, you'll invite me to your family Thanksgiving, but you're still worried I'm going to talk to your kid, your nephew, about like online sports betting. You know, I'm going to teach him how to gamble. He's like, no, they don't even check your age, kid. You just got to put it in there. You just grab your dad's credit card, put it all on the bills. <laughs> I'm telling you, Buffalo's going to have a hell of a season. Just bet it all on them. But I just find it weird that like somehow, because like hoodies are a pretty new thing. Like when okay, let's find this out. Let's let's look this up. Because hoodies, I feel like didn't exist until the '80s. I, I like, and I don't think that's true. Like, but it like the it doesn't seem like it was ever around in the '60s or the '70s. I never saw. I've never seen a picture from somebody in the '70s or '60s wearing a hoodie. I would assume if I saw that they were a time traveler. Okay, that's that's a dead giveaway. Uh, when were hoodies invented? Perfect. there we go. 1930s. Wow. I guess that makes sense. Like, well, okay. Uh, what's it say? More chill and less chilly. Chilling. The modern day hoodie was invented in the 1930s by. Uh, What? Knickenbacker's Knitting Company. Okay, Knickenbacker's Knitting Company. Okay. Which became uh, the brand champion. Oh, so champion invented hoodies. Well, you know what? Now I don't feel so weird about them making a giant comeback and being super popular. They needed that. They needed the turnaround. They haven't haven't done anything cool since the 30s when they invented the hoodie. It developed to help keep uh, warehouse laborers in upstate New York stay warm during the frigid winters. Okay, so yeah, that was like... A utility thing. It's so funny how like many clothing items are just strictly utility, and then we turn like the the fashion industry gets a hold of it. Um, yeah, so that. See, I was way off. I knew I wasn't right. It's just you didn't see. I don't think you just don't see people wearing them as casually like until the 80s. Like the 80s is when like the hoodie became a thing that you saw all the time. There's always those guys, the hoodies, and then the uh, one glasses that all the jocks guys wear. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, think, I feel like everybody was first introduced into hoodies thanks to um, the breakfast club with the guy pulling on the zipper on the on those. And they were like, I want to be able to do that in class. So they got, and everybody got hoodies, you know, that's where we got them. But yeah, you cut off the hood and it's like fancy, you know, you get a nice sweater. You just feel better if you don't have, there's no graphics, you know, just a nice uh, V-neck collar sweater. You just feel better. You feel like you can go approach anybody and give them wisdom and advice. You, every, basically, it always just turns you into Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, for some reason, just has a monopoly on just basic cardigans. He just does. He, he, he gets it. Nobody else will ever get past that. Nobody will ever own cardigans like Mr. Rogers. And you know what? That's fair. He deserves that. He He, he brought joy to everybody. Good for him. But I miss those things. Yeah, man, I'm rambling, guys. I'm a rambling man, but you know what it is what it is. We're here. Um, and I found some interesting stuff about uh, on the internet this week and we're just going to jump into that and have fun with it, right? That's what we're here to do. Have fun and just start doing things. Wait, what's the Okay, it is. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure this thing is going. So I found this thing because uh, I used to plan weddings, guys. So I had to get into this fucking dumb industry all the time. And, like, there's a lot of, like, weird things. It's like, As most of you guys know, weddings are super ritualistic. And there's a lot of things in that we do that are um, just considered common practices when it comes to weddings or marriage. Um, and nobody knows why we do them. Like, you're just like, this is just how it is. No, we are so scared to question tradition. Everybody's so scared. We just, I guess, nope, this is how it is. We just always do it this way. Um, And I found this thing. It said, why do we ask if anyone objects at a wedding? And I never thought of that either. Like, they always say that. So I was wondering. And it said, it all started when people uh, from... Uh, it, uh, wait, I will get this, guys. Okay, it all started as a way to stop people from accidentally marrying their cousin. Yep, that's true. So, it turns out, like right here, it says, Historically, uh, much uh, much of wedding ceremony we think of as an American pop culture is descended from the Book of Common Prayer, dated back to 1662, uh, from the Church of England, uh, humanity humanist uh, celebrant Beth Stokes explains at that time the legal and religious aspect of marriage were one and the same and ensured that the legality of marriage was the responsibility of the church Uh, couples were required to post notices in their parish for weeks in advance to let people know they were intended to be married and allow anyone who had legal reason to to object prior to a religious ceremony, during the ceremony itself, the religious leader would ask one final time if anyone had legal objection to the marriage about uh to be uh solemnized, solidified, solidified, solemnified. That's not what it is. I don't know what it says there, but um yes. Yeah, so there there are legal reasons that you would to try to like stop people from getting married, right? Which is hilarious. You just imagine like that dude owes me money and if he gets married it wipes out the debt so I don't want him to get married. <laughs> this fighting some weird loophole within the Bible. It's weird to me too that at one point it still blows my fucking mind that the churches were basically had a legal authority to uphold laws. It's wild to me, but it, it makes sense. They're like the first established institution, so of course they, try, they accumulated all this power and stayed right there, right? They wanted to make sure they had a grasp, a monopoly, if you will, on everybody's shit. They just wanted to make sure, you know. Um, they were the first police. Can you imagine that a preacher being a, p- a police? It's a uh, Catholic cop. Turns out this guy was sleeping with his, his wife, his neighbor's wife. Oh no, he's committed a sin. I guess it's time for me to throw the book at him. Yeah! Catholic cops. Catholic cops is performed in front of a non-live audience. <laughs> this crucifying everybody. <laughs> that, that's how every fucking uh, thing ends. It's always in crucifixion. Catholic cops. That'd be a, I, That's almost redundant. If you go to Boston and you feel cops in Boston, that's all that is. It's Catholic cops. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess that show already exists, Wade. You missed it. Dang it. Well, we get priests to be cops. That'd be cool. The man of the cloth, being a kappa. Yeah. Yeah. Then that would be. i would watch that show. Let's see here. Uh, as 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 a quick aside, marriage celebrant uh, Jennifer Claim says the notion to of objecting to a wedding has been around f- in a in a less formal sense. Uh, for much longer, for example, in a in a blog post, it all goes back to two things: concerned about marrying a close relative, that the wait, and the notion of consent. While today most places it is legal, oh, f- well, to marry your first cousin, it is. I didn't think that at all. Did you guys know that? We just learned something very gross. I feel like on today's show. Um, yeah, don't marry your first cousin, guys. Don't do that. Don't marry your second cousin either. Um, Don't marry your third cousin. Get outside your family, okay? Don't be fucking weird. Don't don't do this goddamn shit that the, the Brits did for so long. That's why their fucking royal family looks like the way they do. Look like dogs that we bred together and made that, which explains why like England totes them around like <laughs> like Yorkies. <laughs> the English people love bringing out the Queen, man. <laughs> they love celebrating. They treat her like a toy toy dog. They're just like, let's just bring out the Queen to this event, <laughs> dude. The royal family is just a bunch of dogs. <laughs> they just put them on display. <laughs> Best in world. <laughs> This is always on display at all these weird events around the world. Yeah, the royal family. <laughs> oh, they just display them as dogs. It's great. Anyway. <laughs> uh but today uh, so apparently you it's legal in most places it's legal to marry your first cousins we're back in medieval times marrying even a sixth cousin was forbidden you know what i'm gonna say it maybe the medieval times got something right they got one thing right and it's don't marry your fucking cousins which is it's all funny because everybody always ex- like makes that joke about how like in like those villages back in the day, because nobody ever ventured outside the village you kind of just like were born grew up in this place and then died right so you were just around these same people all the time so like families were just like you just kind of all kept intermingling so it was probably impossible to do so for it to be illegal to even marry your sixth cousin uh seems like a really hard thing to do back in the medieval times but they by golly they knew you met i guess they don't have as much shit to keep track of back then but i how do you How do you keep track of that? Nobody knows their family lineage that well anymore. Like the family tree, people really knew who the people in their family were back in the day. Like it, so much so that they knew who you could mention to get good favors and who not to mention. (laughs) Like, I know some of my extended family that I definitely don't talk about and try to avoid that I'm not related to them at all. But, like, these people back in the day had generations of people. They were like, yeah, we know who not to mention, okay? Yeah, we need to sell this barrel of weed over here. Do not mention Ted, okay? We don't need Ted to be in the fucking family tree, okay? It's just going to hurt business. Yeah, he was going around banging everybody's sheep, okay? Nobody wants to buy wheat from the family whose guy was molesting sheep, okay? It's a bad look. Don't bring up Ted. If they ask you about it, be like, we don't know who that is, okay? Just, just lie. And that's when people started forgetting who their family was. Because business. Capitalism made us not want to pay attention to our family trees. We were like. <laughs> used to be family over everything. Now it's money over everything. Forget your family. <laughs> if they're bad for business. Fucking excommunicate them. <laughs> Get the fuck out of your life. <laughs> Dude yeah. And then okay. As you imagine. Who your uh, sixth, fifth or even fourth cousin might be. May or not. Common, uh may not be common knowledge. At the time, marriage by consent, two people binding themselves to one another in marriage, uh, in secret without witness, was recognized as a valid marriage. That is legal. Through, uh, though it wasn't allowed by the church. Okay, so like they were more. It doesn't sound like they were upset about the marrying your sixth or fifth cousin. It sounds like they were more upset that you didn't like cut the church and. You know, <laughs> old Catholic cop over there was like, "Hey, you gotta cut it, cut in the deal, bruh. You know the deal. Pay the toll. You pay the toll, man. You fucking pay the fucking toll." I found out the other day, um, here in Utah, uh, the Mormons like there's a, part of one of their ceremonial things when they get married, um, is a uh, it is an option because like they stay virgins till they're married, or if you're like actually a devout uh Mormon. And uh, they have a room that they just, like, after you do your vows and everything, like, so all your family and friends leave. And they go to, like, the reception, right? They're like, hey, we're going to go party. And while we're partying, you guys have this room over here that's in the uh, cathedral, I think. And uh, you guys just go bone. So you go fuck right after you got married because you've been waiting, like, forever to do it. So, like, they just have a – that's how horny they know they've made – these poor devout Mormons. They're just like, yeah, we're gonna set up a room. So after you guys say I do and everything, and combine the planets that eventually you inherit when you die, uh, you will go into this room so you can just take. You, it's an option. You know, you don't have to. I can't imagine being that horny that you're just like, and wanting to have sex so bad that you're just like. I will do it while I know family and friends are trying to eat finger food in the lobby. (laughs) They're eating hors d'oeuvres while I'm trying to plow my now wife. Like, that is an insane situation. I don't know how you even get a boner. How do you do that? And it's got to be just horrible for the girl. Like, it's her first time, and all of her family and friends know that that's happening. And it's not going to be good. None of them are, they don't know what they're doing. It's going to be terrible. So then you have to you have to do that get back put back on the big wedding dress and then go you know dance and do the shoe game where you're like who's a better cook oh, you're holding doing the shoe game <laughs> right after you just had sex for the first time and it was vastly underrated because you both suck at sex Whew. it's a rough way to start a marriage that I guess maybe you know what that builds character it's a rocky road you start on the rocky road but if you can make it past that you, you kids are gonna do all right. <laughs> you guys to do just fine. All right, is everybody else losing their mind during this quarantine? Are you feeling, you know, a little lazy? Are you feeling lazy? I bet you know everybody's feeling a little lazy these days. Um, but it's actually not. You shouldn't feel lazy because you're not just lazy. Uh, why it's and that's what this that's what this article says. I didn't say that this article says. Uh, you're not just lazy. Why it's hard to be productive right now uh mental health issues are on the rise which can affect uh the mo- how motivated you feel at work and in your personal life so this talks about a little bit about like like working from home which has been a struggle uh for me personally um i've liked working from home this is the craziest thing about me personally working from home i feel like i'm working less i'm slacking off more my boss keeps coming back to me every time I do a meeting. My productivity's up and my accuracy's up. It's wild. <laughs> I can't imagine what I'd be doing if I wasn't slacking off as much as I feel like I'm slacking off. I could be so much better at my job, but I don't. I don't care. Anyway, uh, working from home comes uh, comes with it. its own set of challenges: barking dogs, kids running around, uh, and even uh, the ever-present l- lack of separation from work and home life that's been the bummer too is like you turn like one's part of your place that, into an office that was never intended to be that kind of an office like if i if i had known i was gonna work from home i'd set up an apartment completely different because i'd want to have i have to have separation of things um for a while, I was working in this area where you see right here where like the, that I do the podcast in. And uh, this is all creative space. This is where I like to write my jokes or stand up. This is where I like to edit and do this kind of stuff. I have to have to separate. And I had to work in here and do my job in here. And it was it's awful. It was weird. I didn't like it. It almost sucked the creative uh, energy out of here that I didn't even want to be in here to like try to create. It was it, that that fucked that up. And then I have to have separation. It's like the same thing with like a gym. Like I can't, working out from home doesn't work for me because I associate like hanging out. Like I could work out in my living room. It's not a problem. There's the space. I have the space, but you, I, it's horrible. I don't want to work out in my own apartment. This is where I come to relax. So why would I want to boost up my heart rate? You so say having a gym somewhere to go that has a designated place for that. You have to have that. I believe it's so important. Um, if you work from home, uh, was not enough to take off your A-game at work? A worldwide crisis will sure do it. Yep. And your productivity is taking a hit due to your mental health struggles and anxiety, depression. You're not alone. One, th- One third of all Americans are coping with depression and anxiety uh, symptoms in the wake of COVID-19. If you feel less productive these days and wonder how to deal with and wondering how to deal and what can help. Uh, Keep reading below to see it. So let's find out what we can do to possibly make this better. Uh, Why you feel less productive? Uh, Several studies have shown the connection between low productivity, uh, even mild forms of depression. Uh, Magritte says, uh a normal brain thinks 70,000 thoughts a day uh an anxiety brain produces two to three times that amount of <laughs> thoughts and can even lean low product lean wait can lean why wait that makes sense me can lean to low productivity from spending time uh oh okay numerous thoughts okay so like yeah you're just okay that doesn't let's get to this of like Okay, ways to cope. Let's get to ways to cope. Like, we understand what the problem is. I hate when articles do that. Up top, what do we do? We read what it was about, right? So they're like, wait, read below to see if there's a mistake. And then it explains, like, another two things that, that go, why, what you're reading. Why the fuck they do that? Anyway, somebody had to make a word count. Um, Ways to cope with low productivity. First of all, unrealistic expectations in a time of unprecedented stress and uncertainty that you will be. Able to keep up with 100% of the work level uh, uh, productivity once you uh, once sustained pre-pandemic. With that being said, here are some things that you can try to cope. Okay, give yourself permission to slow down and do less. Yeah, do what I did. Start scrolling through phone. I'm up to almost eight hours of phone time now. Woo! That's so depressing. It's So depressing that I'm on my phone that much now. It is garbage i'm a human i'm a human trash and i preach about getting off my phone all the time and here i am it's almost at eight hours a day oh my jesus fuck anyway uh reduce your mental load take one thing at a time to reduce your mental load if you find a daily household tasks are not getting done find a way to eliminate some of them uh from in Investing in paper plates to avoid doing this. Ah, oh, you know what? If you're mentally, if you're having some trouble mentally, you know what? Fuck the environment. <laughs> Fuck the environment. Get some paper plates. You don't need to do dishes. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> That's fucking great. Uh, uh, make joy and self-care a priority. Yeah. So trying that always is, should be a, the biggest. Of all things, I don't think enough people are trying to make themselves happy. Fucking, we're trying to keep up with so much of the goddamn news and trying to stay in this in the know. We gotta stay in the know, guys. Um, I think ing- ignorance is bliss sometimes, man. And so, like, just fucking turn it off. Get turn it off, man. I've been one of the things I've been doing that's helped me. And it's not like it's anything crazy, and it's like it sounds stupid, but it's been helping me. Fucking, just turn off my phone. And go sit on my porch. Just sit out there and just look at shit. It's great. It's helped me a lot. Uh, I don't know. It's just a dumb little thing I do. And it brings me happiness because it's just quiet. It's quiet and I don't have to deal with anybody. You know. You know what's not quiet though? PunningGame.com. That's right. There's so much content of there of me, Nathan, Matt Lamb, J. a bunch of people on the website, you know. We've all and we're just yelling into microphones and talking shit. And you can find stuff there every day of the week. So go check out com. That's where you found this great show. You can find the video version of that show here. You can also just find it on YouTube. Go to Comic Wade Taylor on YouTube and hit subscribe there. Uh, we really appreciate that. You can get the pod- all the different podcasts I do plus stand-up clips. It's great. Um, also, guys, while you're at punninggame.com, don't forget to go to the Punny Game shop where you can find hoodies, t-shirts, t-shirts like this one for Who Gives That. I got t-shirts for Not Worth the Time. It's fantastic stuff, guys. So go definitely check that out. Grab yourself something. Um, support the show. And don't forget to use promo code NWTPOD, that's NWTPOD, for free shipping at checkout. So definitely check that out. Um, when you're listening to this, guys, uh, I actually have a show coming up. At least it's still on the books, hopefully uh, it actually happens um, September 25th. I'm headlining Tee Hees Comedy Club in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, we're going to be doing that with uh, – there will be four other people on that show. It will be great. I'm going to do a half hour. It will be f- so much fun. Really looking forward to that. So if you're in the Des Moines area, come out, support. It would be really fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Get out of the house. Wear a mask. Come have some drinks. Hang out. It will be great. Guys, thank you for listening out Worth the Time. Hope you had a good one. And remember – to eat those cornstuff noodle tubes.